0: the gritty growing up podcast because mental health conversations don't have to be uncomfortable and argumentative gritty growing up is about challenging the perceptions of childhood and recognizing that whilst it isn't what it used to be we can still make it positive join us as we share conversations knowledge and strategies to help your family connect and move forward together And welcome back to Gritty Growing Up. Now in September, the early years foundation stage, the curriculum for younger children, started to cover in their personal social and emotional development section the need for self-regulation skills. So why is self-regulation so important? Self-regulation means that as a child and later as an adult, we're able to recognise our emotions, respond to those emotions and calm ourselves, and to resist those really highly emotional, overwhelming responses to problems. So therefore, we're able to control our emotions and redirect them to more positive actions and adjust how we're reacting to different situations. It means we're able to manage unpredictability and therefore, in the longer term, we develop confidence, self-esteem and resilience. Therefore, it means that actually we can focus on our goals and targets and we can manage failure better. So if we think as children get older and they face failing in a test or not achieving a grade that they want in a piece of work it means that they're able to bounce back from that much more quickly and make a plan to be able to improve. It means faced with a deadline rather than get caught in procrastination, they're able to tackle that because they're able to manage those emotions. As an adult, it means faced with a stressful situation, they know exactly what they need to do to manage that and to be able to regulate those behaviours so they can keep striving forwards. The issue being that whilst we talk about regulation an awful lot, very few people generally understand what it means. Or they don't know how to actually implement it. So let's start with looking at what dysregulation means. When a child, a teenager or an adult is dysregulated, it means their ability to manage and respond to that internal storm that we develop when we're in a stressful situation, a hard situation or a challenging one, it's just not centred. So it means that we get big emotional reactions to situations. We might have a build-up of distress that leads to outbursts or collapse means we might have more disruptive behaviours when unpredictable situations happen or there's a transition or a change in our routines. We might see children or teenagers having emotional meltdowns. They might experience high levels of anxiety or become very argumentative or have aggressive behaviours. For some children, we see them revert into extreme perfectionism or people pleasing or they might actually isolate themselves or completely shut down. For others, we see self-harming behaviours, feelings of helplessness. For older children, we might see the reliance on risky behaviours, sexual behaviours or drug use. The consequence of children not having the ability to regulate their emotions means that they become teenagers and then adults with low confidence, low self-esteem and low resilience. It means that they have difficulty managing stress and frustration and can become very impulsive means that they might struggle with anger management difficulties or anxiety or resort to self-harming or risky behaviours in order to try and release those feelings because they haven't been taught how to effectively do that. Now it is important to understand that just like anything with mental health, there are some fundamentals that we can provide on a day-to-day basis that help children to regulate their emotions better. And in some situations, a child's inability to be able to regulate their emotions might be because one of those key components isn't there. For instance, how's their nutrition been? A child whose nutrition has been based on high levels of sugar and processed foods might find it harder to regulate their emotions than a child who's had a more balanced nutrition or intake. How good is our hydration? A child who's dehydrated or relying on carbonated drinks during the day might find it harder to regulate themselves in comparison to a child who's had enough water. Our sleep, sleep quality and quantity has a huge impact on our ability to regulate. As an adult, we only need to think about a night when we haven't had a good night's sleep to know how much harder the day becomes, how much more irritable we become, how more quickly and frustrated we might become, or how we might actually find it really difficult to interact with people. So recognising that sleep quality and quantity is really important is key to regulation. Considering what our physical activity and exercise levels are like, a child who hasn't had enough physical activity or exercise might find that they find it very difficult to regulate their emotions. We know that especially with younger children, having the opportunities to use their bodies and move through some of those big emotions is really important. Considering the levels of screen time, if you follow our articles at dandeliontraininganddevelopment.com, you'll know that we've spoken extensively about the impact of screen time on children's mental health. Ensuring that we regulate their screen time to allow children enough time to be able to work through those other emotions and use other parts of their brain is really important for our own self-control. And lastly, considering our environment, the noise, lighting, temperatures, smells and clutter that are around us have a significant impact on our mental health and our emotions. Additionally, we should consider that any child who has experienced situations such as trauma, violence, domestic violence, chronic stress, a lack of a strong or secure attachment, is experienced PTSD or has ADHD, autism or anxiety disorders may naturally find it much harder to regulate their emotions and therefore need additional support from those adults around them. So what is the role of the adult in emotional regulation? Emotional regulation requires adults to guide and coach children to be able to take the time to recognise feelings, think those feelings through, make a plan and execute it. For some children, they'll be able to execute those plans without help. For other children, they may need additional help whilst they gain that confidence in what they're doing. However, we need to be really aware that sometimes as adults, whether we're parents or professionals, we can sometimes prohibit children from developing self-regulation. It might be that we've developed a habit of doing things for children rather than supporting them or coaching them to find their own solutions. Sometimes completely unconsciously, sometimes because of time restraints or just because we forget that they can develop those skills themselves. If we don't regulate ourselves and model our own self-regulation and management of our emotions, then children haven't got anything to model their own from. So if we're demonstrating positive ways to manage our stress or feelings, children will be able to see how this is done. However, if we have very negative coping strategies for managing our feelings, such as getting very angry or reverting to alcohol or cigarettes or risky behaviours ourselves, then children may find it very difficult to understand how to better regulate themselves. Even into meltdowns or overly soothing children can mean that actually children look at us as external regulators. And therefore, when they're struggling or in distress, they look to us to help them to manage it rather than learn to be able to manage that themselves. Which, whilst we can do it from a complete space of care and love, it can mean that children, when they are faced with needing to be independent, can really struggle. Sometimes we're too quick in solving children's problems for them rather than encouraging them to find their own solutions. And a huge part of self-regulation is the ability to be able to look at a situation and find our own opportunities. Sometimes we might step in too quickly when children are struggling rather than give them the opportunity to coach or support, concern that they might become frustrated. But how does a child learn to manage frustration if we don't allow them the opportunity to become frustrated? Sometimes parents escalate with the child in what we call symmetrical escalation where our behaviours and voices match each other, and so the parent and the child are escalating and escalating together, so nobody's learning to regulate themselves. Or children's dysregulation is met with criticism or shame, preventing them from being able to express their emotions or feeling that they, in doing so it's a shameful behaviour. Sometimes we can wait until children are dysregulated to try and teach regulation skills and then become frustrated that they don't pick them up. Now, we do need to understand in this situation that when we're dysregulated, our brain is operating from a point of feeling unsafe. It's in that space where it's in fight-flight response. We're operating from our brain stem and our limbic system, which is completely automatic. We don't have the ability to be able to think and reason when we're in that state. Cortisol and adrenaline are rushing around our bodies, our heart rate's increasing, our breathing's faster, there's blood sending itself to our limbs, our head might be pounding and everything inside us is telling us to escape. So when an adult then comes along and tells us to breathe or to calm down, our brain is unable to actually recognise those cues or that support. This can be a really incredibly uncomfortable feeling for children and it can leave them feeling unsettled, scared or panicked. And in this state, they're not receptive to hear what we're telling them. In order to be able to regulate, we need to activate the prefrontal cortex. Because in the prefrontal cortex, we're able to see problem solving and empathy and planning, decision making and learn logic and careful responses. However, the prefrontal cortex develops from birth until the age of 25. So we can understand why with age, children become better able to regulate themselves. The prefrontal cortex is our control system. And so to regulate, we need to move out of the fight-flight system into control. So our first step in all situations is to create a sense of safety and connection. Safety and connection allow a child to re-enter the prefrontal cortex and to be able to then put things in place. So therefore, a core part of self-regulation is that we need to teach self-regulation all the time. We can't wait until a child is dysregulated to use it as a teaching opportunity. If we take the time that each day we spend a little bit of time teaching self-regulation strategies, using different resources and encouraging children to have those positive conversations about emotions. When those dysregulated moments occur, they've got a suitcase of strategies to help them. And over time, children will be able to respond to those emotions faster. So rather than wait until they're in a point of complete dysregulation, they're able to intervene and intercept those emotions earlier. So how do we develop self-regulation? First of all, we need to manage our own stress. If a parent or professional is stressed, it allows us to prevent us from stepping in and helping children. We need to be the lighthouse in that storm, so if we're escalating with them, children don't feel safe. So taking time to meet our own needs therefore becomes vital to be able to recognise and manage children's emotional needs. Taking the time for self-care, working through our own worries and seeking help when we need it, actually puts us in a better place to be able to self-regulate children. We need to avoid symmetrical escalation. Whilst it can be really easy to get caught up in the thunderstorm, we need to be the lighthouse. Learning to be present and create a safe space when children are struggling is therefore key to helping them. Connection is core to creating a sense of safety. So frequently when children are dysregulated, adults who have got their own stress can very quickly feel that they can't manage either. And therefore might walk out or leave that child to try and cope alone which only ex- exasperates that self-regulation problem because a child feels more and more unsafe so they can't self-regulate. We need to expand emotional vocabulary. Whilst traditionally we've learned about the names of different smiles and frowns and learnt about the names of our emotions and we can label them, we need to be having those deeper conversations about emotions through role-play conversations, therapeutic stories and games, So that children can learn what the emotions are, how they affect them and what they mean. So this might be about developing our resources that we have and ensuring that actually we talk about things in different ways, whether it's exploring the characters, feelings in books, but also after we've labelled whether they're happy, sad or angry or frustrated, actually helping children understand what those things mean. As a children's therapist, I so frequently meet children that tell me they have anxiety but don't actually know what anxiety feels like. Or tell me they're sad, but can't tell me how they know that they're sad. We've got such a responsibility to help children make those connections. We need to increase self awareness, so support children to take time to process their thoughts, give time to think about things, talk, and describe them. So often we're so busy keeping everybody busy that children don't have that downtime to be able to develop that self awareness or just have those conversations. We can share emotional literacy stories. So we can explore the characters and how they learn to recognise and respond to their own emotions and support children to be able to develop their own emotional literacy skills. We can teach regulation strategies, whether it's regulatory activities that they can put into their day to keep things into a good place. It might be that we intervene and actually show them strategies that they can use at key points of the day. For instance, if we know that children struggle with the transition at the end of the day to release the emotions from school, We might teach them to put regulatory activities in place so they understand how they can use them positively. We can create opportunities to use somatic self-soothing strategies. Somatic self-soothing allows us to calm our central nervous system and move from fight or flight into rest and digest. If we can help children to utilize those strategies they can calm themselves down more effectively. If you haven't caught up with our children's mental health care plans there's a whole list involved in them. We can offer opportunities to practice self-regulation. So actually creating time each day to identify what different children need and how they can use it. So structuring small amounts of time, just a couple of minutes, to allow them to practice and use what they need. And over time we'll work out what each different child's toolbox looks like. Offer opportunities to take quiet time and sit with our thoughts. So frequently as a therapist I've met so many young people and teenagers that are scared to sit in their own thoughts. They rely on loud music to blast the thoughts out of their mind. They feel uncomfortable when they're having to deal with those emotions. So supporting children to feel comfortable in those moments and to be able to use self-regulation strategies is really vital to their long-term mental health. And lastly, we might consider using mindfulness or relaxation. When we create weekly opportunities to practice these really important skills, we can help children to reset their central nervous systems, learn to process any stress or anxiety which has built up over the week and to learn how to release it, Creating these positive habits into our week are really vital to children and wonderful skills that we can use as they grow older to help them feel more centred. You might want to pop over to Dandelion Training and Development this week and check out all the links that are in the article about this podcast. We've got a whole range of articles about sensory boxes and regulatory skills, emotional literacy audiobooks, feelings cards, and mental health care plans and courses to help parents and professionals, to better manage regulation. So we'll be back soon with more Gritty Growing Up. Until then, stay safe, look after each other, and keep talking. Take care. Stay safe, keep open-minded, and we'll look forward to sharing more Gritty Moments with you next time. If you want to up your knowledge in the meantime, head over to www.dandeliontraininganddevelopment.com.